cults over here. Cults over there. There are cults everywhere. And we're going to tell you all about it with a fairy tale twist. Welcome to Once Upon a Cult. Once upon a time, there was a merry, jolly group of people in white. And somebody walked up wearing something not white. And they were like, you can't sit with us. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I heard your story. <laughs> I, hate I hate you. I hate you. <laughs> what Rachel is portraying is we are eating cheesecake as we record this episode. In honor of the Cheesecake Factory. Yes. But this is Miss Allen's fav- famous cheesecake. Ooh. It's famous now? Amongst our household. <laughs> <laughs> okay. This is homemade? It is homemade. Yes. Homemade. I, I thought that at first, and I was like, maybe there's a Miss Allen. <laughs> they're purchasing this from. <laughs> no, it's made by Miss Allen here mm. in this kitchen that you're sitting next to. You can order some on MissAllen'sCheesecake.com. This is not a real thing. Please don't go to <laughs> MissAllen'sCheesecake.com. Hi, we're here to talk about cults and stuff, not a cheesecake. Yay! Yay. Um, today we're talking about Sufism Reoriented. And I'm Rachel. And I'm Sean. <laughs> and I'm Alan. Welcome. <laughs> and if you talk to a lot of people who are Sufis, they will be like, Sufism reoriented. This is not Sufism. <laughs> yes. Yes. Because it's like a more Western and kind of modern approach to Sufism. Yeah. In general. Which I actually didn't know a lot about. Neither did I. In fact, last episode, I pronounced it Sufism. (laughs) We are clever. We are clever, girl. Sean last night was playing a video on how to pronounce it. So I was like, Sufism. Sufism. Yeah, just like, kept, that's all I heard last night. Sufism. It, it, just kept, it just kept pronouncing it. And Alan would just look at me like, well, what are you doing? And I just learning. kept letting it play. Just learning. I'm studying. Oh, my goodness. Um, yeah, so I guess, like, an interesting thing is, like, to kind of look at where it started a little bit. Like, yeah. I didn't get super into depth about it because, honestly, Sufism has a huge huge history mm-hmm. goes back tons of times um and it really kind of comes up about in the muslim faith correct correct mm-hmm. it's mostly muslim and it started the the longest back i saw was like 1929 i think so. oh for no not for regular sufism Regular Sufism goes back to like. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Muhammad, I see what you're saying. After yeah. Muhammad yes. died. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> which is like late 900s or something, mm-hmm. current era, um, and where you like, if you don't recognize it at first, like description, one place where you might recognize it from is the whirling dervishes of Turkey. <laughs> you know those guys and like. The white dresses with hats on, and they just spin in circles while music plays until they reach a point of ecstatic connection with God. I prefer I... chicken. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I saw them once. I saw them perform on a boat on the Nile. Wow. <laughs> it's <was> very impressive. <laughs> they spin so long, and I can't even spin like two times in a row without getting terribly dizzy and and just looking drunk. So I admire them and their ability to spin for hours. You know who else is a very good spinner is Alanis Morissette. Is she? She can do it for minutes in her songs. Wow. (laughs) Minutes and minutes. (laughs) Um, But yeah, and like the different way that they talk about it, they say like to be Sufi is to detach from fixed ideas and from preconceptions and not to try to avoid what is your lot. Like... So it seems there's like a lot about accepting things and um, then also it's like they say it's truth without form. I don't know what that means. (laughs) Um, But I don't know. To me, it sounds like it's a really interesting um, kind of arm of the Muslim faith. And there you can actually participate kind of in multiple arms of the faith. There's like a couple different groups and this is one of them, but there's also people could be very much into Sufism as well as being part of the other branches. 
Yeah, and it seems like where it kind of splits off from traditional um, Islam is that it's just more spiritual and more mystic. (laughs) Yes, a little bit more mystical. And then our version that we're looking at today, which is kind of more of a Western idea of it, um, it's really kind of looking at the history of all different faiths and saying, hey, we're kind of putting a stop on these all being separate. And did you know these are all the same God? Like this was God came to us in different forms. He came to us in the form of the Buddha. He came to us in the form of Jesus. He came to us in the form of Muhammad. And each time he visited, he gave us a different value to instill in us. Like um, for Buddha, it was, I believe it was like giving up attachments was his big lesson that was taught. For Jesus, it was about loving your neighbor because that really hadn't been a concept before, (laughs) I guess. Everyone just went around not caring about their neighbors, I guess. Except for those odd fellows. How odd. So odd. 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 They want to help their neighbor. How odd. odd. (laughs) Um, And so they each like had a different message. And so what this um, kind of more modern version is saying, hey, this was actually God revisiting the earth teaching new teachings and now i want you to take all those teachings and put them together and honor that they were all the same god and all the same belief that's like a macro level yeah Mm -hmm. so i feel like a lot of where this comes to the west is in 1970 alan did you want to get into mahar baba yeah so mahar baba and with taking that ideology of the different gods kind of being reincarnated. So they believe that the latest version of these gods is Mayor Baba. He's an avatar. <laughs> yeah, say. he's an avatar. <laughs> not blue. Not... <laughs> he's not blue. Or the, um, the bald one. Or was it the or cartoon? He's... Yeah. <laughs> he's a little bit no. different from those avatars, yeah. but he is a real avatar. Yeah. Of God. <laughs> so he's, yeah, he's God. In human form. Um, and yeah, he taught. So I guess taking a step back to he was born uh, Miran Sherrier Irani. Um, his, he was born on February 25th, 19, or 1894. And yeah, he was born in India. So he basically taught the goals of all beings was to gain consciousness of their own divinity and to realize the absoluteness of one or absolute oneness of God. Um, and he actually started practicing pretty early at age nine or 19, <clears throat> excuse me. He began a seven year period of spiritual transformation where he had various encounters with various spiritual leaders and saints. And in 1925, and since then, 40 year, 44 years later, he started basically like a vow of silence. Um, he started off communicating with an alphabet board and then that later evolved into uh, just using hand, basically like sign language, hand gestures, but he had an interpreter with him the whole time to interpret what That's he was saying. Really cool. Is anyone else imagining how cool, like, it made me think of, like, the Stranger Things wall. Oh. <laughs> the lights <laughs> yeah. over and the letters. Like, <laughs> here, let me just communicate this way. I can't talk. So. <laughs> he just points out letter after letter. Yeah. Like, oh, this is taking forever. <laughs> No, you can do it for me, sir, Mr. Interpreter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so from there, um, it's kind of, I have some from my notes anyways, I kind of skipped a few years, but he did eventually get into a couple car accidents. And oh. because of that was very, what's the right word? He, he couldn't walk um, well, basically. Oh. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of where he started um, the Sufism reoriented in the West. Um and that's kind of where I ended off. <laughs> oh, one thing that was interesting, because as he was also kind of developing this new religion, he also, I think you guys might like this, he discour- discouraged the use of hallucinogenic drugs. Rude! Yeah, for, <laughs> he said that basically, um, he, I guess it's been getting bigger around like the 60s. What? <laughs> <laughs> no! In unison. <laughs> and, and the way he saw it was that like, 
it almost became where people were worshiping the drug versus the god. I could see that. Yes. Yeah. Well, and it's also, I think he thought of it as a shortcut because mm. really he's saying people are doing these drugs so they can have that connection to God, so they can have that connection to spirit um, instead of doing the work yeah. that you can make that same connection through in your everyday life by doing that spiritual work. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like they're both good. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like as long as there's balance, because like you said in the past, um, a lot of times taking the spiritual drugs Mm -hmm. like rewires your mind to know how to get there eventually without them. Mm -hmm. But if you're just doing them all the time, then that can become a problem. And I think there was a lot of fear around them in the 60s as well. There was like excitement, but also fear um, where people thought like, oh, they're going to be really addictive and they're not. Um, like hallucinogens, uh, psychoactive drugs are actually, they don't kind of trigger the same things that cause addiction. You can definitely get people that go to it too much, but it's not a depend, it doesn't build a dependency in you the same way, like, um, like cannabis or tobacco or alcohol. Yeah. And I mean, I think it was probably also like, Wait, I'm the god. You should be worshiping me yeah. versus Guys, the drugs. <laughs> I'm here with yeah. all my good teachings. <laughs> do you think he shot Santa Claus in front of the kids? <laughs> <laughs> and that's why we don't do drugs. <laughs> that's why. <laughs> so I did have some other notes just to kind of build up how big of an influence Baba was at this time. He was living in the, uh, the Bay Area, San Francisco, in the 60s. And apparently one of his phrases that he would put on stickers and, you know, bumper stickers, all that kind of stuff was, don't worry, be happy. (laughs) (gasps) What? I didn't know that was from him. So apparently uh, Bobby McFerrin, who sings the Don't Worry, Be Happy song, visited some uh, musician. I almost said magician. (laughs) Musician. He was a wonderful magician. (laughs) Illusions, Michael. (laughs) Ever could ever be happy. (laughs) (laughs) He was visiting some uh, musician friends in San Francisco, and he saw the Don't Worry, Be Happy sticker, I think, in or around their apartment. And that's what inspired him to do the song. Because that was my first question is, that's a pretty major song. Was it inspired by Baba? And apparently it was, but not directly. Maybe not knowingly. Yeah, maybe not knowingly. (laughs) Um, Another thing is uh, Pete Townsend from The Who, he was very taken with Mahar Baba. The problem is... He also really liked to do drugs. <laughs> Dude, you can't make me choose. <laughs> right. I respect you, and also I want to do all the drugs. I want to do all the drugs and live in your shadow. But he even said that at a certain point, Baba started kind of calling himself, you know, Jesus and making a lot of these claims that we see from a lot of other leaders. So Pete Townsend said he started to get afraid of Baba like but he was already so far in he had trouble like uncoupling himself but I just thought that was interesting how we see this kind of same pattern and if you are familiar with um the Who's music the song Baba O'Reilly is actually about Mahar Baba interesting Interesting. yeah so Baba died in 1969 that's a historic Hysterical number. A hysterical. hysterical number. Nineteen. <laughs> Real quick, I just love the story. I love telling it. Um, Alan and I were at uh, Jersey Mike's. We were ordering food, and we get up. This guy has been quiet and awkward the whole time making our sandwiches. We get up to pay, and he goes, "That's a hysterical number." And I was like, what? <laughs> like, I'm looking at my credit card. Like, yeah. what are you talking about? Why are you making fun of my credit card? It's like that number. It's hysterical. He's like, what number? He's like, your points. So I looked down and my jersey, my points were at 69. And I was like, are you serious right now? He's an adult. He's an adult. (laughs) We never saw him again. I know. (laughs) (laughs) But you talk about him to this day. We do. Every time we see the number 69, we're like, that's a hysterical number. (laughs) You guys, this is what happens if you make a weird impact on us. We will talk about you for years. The rest of your life. (laughs) Years. So he died in 1969 at age 74. Mm-hmm. And that's where we start seeing kind of the passing of the torch. We see that within this group, it's believed that, how would you say it? Like his spirit is passed on yeah, to somebody else. Yeah. they. It's kind of like, they call it like their lineage. So yeah. they, they, 
there's someone who inherits the they're called Mershidas or Mershidas, sorry if I'm mispronouncing it. Um, but for moving on from these new leaders, they're called Mushida so and so is kind of how they're addressed. Um, but yeah, even so also just to note when um Baba passed away, which was yeah, January thirty first, which is also known as Deathless Day now. Um, to the followers or Amarithi. Um, on his last day, he actually, his rosebud is, don't forget that I am God. So even wow. then, it's I like... Just, <laughs> before I go, I need you to know. Yeah. I need you to know I upgraded from Jesus to God. <laughs> no longer just the avatar. No. The man, the myth, the... The what? He died. <laughs> what? <laughs> Yeah, well, and they actually don't always, they haven't laid it out to where they always have appointed the next Mershid or Mishida. And so there is a little bit of uncertainty, it seems like. I was listening to this, like, long two-hour presentation of a guy just, like, kind of talking about his experiences and his beliefs within this and kind of sharing it, which... I guess they don't do a lot because they don't like to proselytize. They don't often do these talks um, in order to kind of share their beliefs. And they said that has caused throughout time. There's like a lot of faith that people have to have because you don't necessarily know who the next Murshid or Mishida would be. Mm. Um, And there was even a point where there was a Murshida and she was kind of struggling at the time. And, um, Baba had, like, said something about, like, well, when this happens, there is going to be a point where a man appears to her, and she won't know him. She won't know who he is. She'll, like, be taken aback by him because he'll be dressed really funny. (laughs) (laughs) But he will be there to help, and eventually, like, she will welcome him. And then that happened years later, apparently. Everyone, like, noted this guy dressed in, like, really peculiarly. In ballet slippers, you say? (laughs) In ballet slippers. (laughs) Very weird. (laughs) Like, who does that? (laughs) Um, But I just found that interesting that there's this kind of um, idea that someone not even raised in the faith could appear and be the new Murshid or Mishida. It's also, my question would be, did this mystery person hear about this prophecy and that's why he showed up dressed that way? Like, is, is it a self-fulfilling? Is this person like me and would come and take advantage of that and be like, and now you all will follow me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I am here. <laughs> oh, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's intriguing. And I also kind of find it refreshing that there are both Mershids and Mershidas. Like there's, yeah. it's a woman sometimes, it's a man sometimes. Um, and that's why this group's not doing well. <laughs> because <True>. there's men. <laughs> because there's men. <laughs> you didn't let me finish. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> Sorry. I should have let you. <laughs> um, but yeah, right now the current Mishita is Dr. Carol Wayland Connor. So I think that's another interesting thing. Within this group, you see there's a lot of really educated people, like lots mm-hmm. of doctors, mm-hmm. lawyers, um, which is something we've seen in some of our other groups as well, where. Yeah you have really intelligent people kind of flocking to this group. Yeah. So after, um, after Baba passed on or left, how do they say it left his body or evacuated something like that? Like, (laughs) yeah, he evacuated his body. body. (laughs) It's not like they don't say dying. They just say like left the body because it's the idea that like your spirit lives on. The body's just a vehicle. But after he left, I think her name is pronounced Duce? 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 Oh, they said it so many times. I think it is Duce. Okay. That would make more sense. She's the one Rachel is referring to was told that a funnily dressed man would appear and he would be the next chosen. And that was in 1979. James Mackey took over the group. Like, there was a whole bunch of his videos on YouTube, (laughs) and I feel like they retouched the coloring on them. And just looking at him, it reminded me of the way, like, Gene Wilder looks in, like, older Uh, films, where I just feel like he's been painted. (laughs) Yeah, he's, like, orange. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, oh, okay, that's interesting. That's a a guy to follow. Um, Oh, and I did like this quote about the kind of Murshid and Murshida um, from Meher Baba. He said, a Mershade or Mershada, one whom others can follow, should necessarily have divine vision, the highest state of illumination. 
In divine vision, one is face to face with God, and with the inner eye, one sees God everywhere and in everything. So hmm. a big part of these people that come forward is that the idea that they get visions and maybe even they'll like say things without knowing the reason why, and it's because God put these things into their brain to share outwardly. Hmm. Interesting. As one does. I don't know. Yeah. I just think that's neat. It's yeah. neat. It's neat. <laughs> So when Mackie takes over, it's said by some members that this is when things got a little more culty. Mm -hmm. And some people have even gone as far. I'm not sure how I feel about this. I'll throw it out to you guys. Some people actually think that he used a form of mass hypnosis on the group. With his soothing voice? With his soothing voice. I'm glad I didn't watch his videos then. I know. <laughs> he might have captured me. Well, before he, was, he even took the role, he was... A professor of psychology mm -hmm. so he kind of already i mean uh, making assumptions like i feel like he kind of knows how their brain works and kind of i'm sure that had some influence in what yeah. he was trying to do too i'm sure i don't know if i believe it was like a mass hypnosis but you're right it's probably more of like a psychological like he knows how to play on people yeah um it said i mean alan and i kind of read something different here i read that people just kind of took to like wanting to dress like mackie wanting to smoke because he was a chain smoker. <laughs> and then that's when a lot of people started decorating their house to look like the um, the the main place. Like the center. <laughs> yeah, the yeah. center. They had special names for it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and but you had read more so that he kind of forced it on them. Well it's it was more just like that's where he they started. I don't know if they were forced. Oh, okay, um, okay. It, I mean, I, it could like especially with the whole hypnotic influence, mm -hmm. um, could probably uh, sway people to do that. Yeah, <laughs> kind of stuff. So to this day, the members are said to wear like white flowy robes, but when you see videos, they're just wearing like old people clothes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. And what's interesting is because they specifically do not proselytize; they don't go out and try to spread what they know and try to get more people for their church, uh, for their group. Um, so in this long talk that I listened to, um, I, there was this moment where I felt really sorry for this old lady because they had a question <laughs> and answer period and she got up and she's like, I'm just like so happy to be a part of this. I think we are doing really good work. Um, but what I really was wondering because we don't proselytize, when are we going to see the young people joining? Aww, <laughs> yeah. She sounded like so heartbroken about the fact that like there are not, I like they're not getting enough people they feel like to carry it forward. And like, I don't know what it was, but her saying that <laughs> broke my heart. And I was like, I will join. <laughs> I will join for you old lady. I will help carry on the good work. <laughs> but I don't, it was like, she was just so heartfelt and like sweet. And it was like all the people at this talk were really old. The guy giving it was in his eighties. Wow. Like mm -hmm. a lot of them came to it kind of like being like, we were hippies. <laughs> um, so I found that really interesting, like that they're not actively going out and doing that. And yet at the same time, they're building like this huge center that's like meant to stay around for 700 years. Because one of the things is with this kind of successions of the different avatars of God, it happens every seven to a thousand years, 700 to a thousand years, like that he has his new things. And when you look at the timing, I guess it actually works out with like Buddha, Jesus, mm -hmm. uh, Muhammad, mm. uh, Baba. Like, it works out every 700 to a thousand. And I guess that's like a big 300 gap. <laughs> your gap. But it's also interesting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. I don't know. Like, it's interesting to me. They have these really strong beliefs, but they aren't necessarily going out and proselytizing. They are getting out and doing a lot of good works, though. Yeah. So, before we get to the big, beautiful building. <laughs> yes. <laughs> let's talk about why we're eating cheesecake in the first place. Yeah. So in 1978, David Overton, well, we'll start even earlier in the early, in the late 60s, David Overton joined Sufism and he was a big member. And then in 1978, he was like, you know what, you guys, 
I'm going to open a restaurant. <laughs> I'm going to open the Cheesecake Factory. Yay! So he had already been within Sufism for 10 years. He opens Cheesecake Factory. It takes off. It's like a staple now of American like eateries. Is there a mall? It will have a it Cheesecake will. Factory. It's even said, I haven't seen this yet myself. Now I want to go to Cheesecake Factory. Mm-hmm. That a lot of the early ones even had like religious symbology in it it had a lot of them had the heart with wings which is directly related to sufism a lot of them had the islamic star so apparently that's kind of died out as it's expanded and become more and more american (laughs) (laughs) but yeah i mean it is random when you go in because like it's just so whimsical with all like the paintings and like random like sconces on the wall uh-huh. it's very yeah. fancy you wouldn't understand that. <laughs> you wouldn't understand <laughs> that's where fancy people go <laughs> so David Overton a lot of the money he makes from Cheesecake Factory he puts into Sufism okay. it's very interesting to me because if you think about it from like a Chick-fil-A standpoint mm. they put a lot of money into like anti gay like mm-hmm. anti non-religion i'd rather him put it directly into his religion rather than into organizations that yeah try to do polit- political bad works <laughs> yeah that's what i was thinking like where do you draw the line but this one doesn't seem as bad to me because yeah this is something he believes in this mm-hmm. is a group that he's a big part of he should be allowed to spend his money as he wants yeah and yeah they're not actively trying to take rights away from other people yeah, and in fact, I would say, like, they seem to be very much more open in that way, and, like, one of their big messages seems to still be, like, loving others and mm-hmm. all of that. Like, there's a lot of Christians where I feel like they do not necessarily really embrace the whole Jesus, love thy neighbor as you love yourself, um, and this is also generalizing as a whole, but, like, you get a lot of Christians that are also, like, anti-immigration and stuff all this stuff where i'm like you are not following jesus's works like and you seem to be you seem to claim that it's really important that you (laughs) follow his works but you don't listen to a thing he says um but like them uh some of their good works that they do for example um is they do programs with um where they call like the homeless shelters and like Mm -hmm. the food kitchens um where they get they'll find out what they need and just provide them with the food that they need in order to feed people. Um, They also do some things that are really good um, because they're thought to help um, actually tackle the program a little or tackle the problem rather than just like, oh, say you're feeding people, so you're taking care of them that way. But then they have the program where they get suits and outfits for people and help them train to interview um, and help to try to get them jobs, which is like that's – a huge way you can actually kind of get into trying to uh, stop the cycle of someone being homeless is to be able to help them get a job that they can then stay at and maintain. Mm-hmm. So like they actually give them the clothing and help them train for interviews and to get skills that they need in order to can break that cycle. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I think it's lovely. Um, and that's really like, even when they're out there talking about their faith, that is what they focus on a lot. They're like, let's not talk about what we believe. Let's talk about what we're doing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're doing these really cool things. Yeah. yeah. Um, One of the other ways that kind of got to where Rachel is saying is in 2003, Sufism was given a tax-exempt status, and at that point, they they reported having $16 million. So they're doing very well for themselves. But uh, <laughs> I, I like that they got it through California. When the guy was doing his talk, he's like, they got it done in California because there's a lot more flexibility yeah. on creating <laughs> yeah. a church in California. And I was like, woot! Woot! <laughs> <laughs> and I think one of the, the reasons why they have so much money, a lot of people describe them as a bunch of rich white people yeah. <laughs> wearing white. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, Walnut Creek is that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it makes sense they built their mm-hmm. buildings out over there. So what Rachel kind of alluded to also is in Saranap, which... You're pretty sure you've actually driven by this area. Mm-hmm. Um, summer 2008, Sufism reori- Reoriented came in and said, we want to make this beautiful building. It's very beautiful. <laughs> right in the middle of all your houses. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just, uh, you should, I'll put a picture of it on our, on yeah. our, um, 
thing the cover on our cover but it's not pretty it looks like it's straight out of star wars like <laughs> retro space <laughs> he's beautiful gorgeousness it has a well like it's kind of a rooftop garden but it's actually then a ground level garden because a bunch of it's underground whoa what I found really interesting about this kind of fight is this, I think, on a small scale is a metaphor for what's going on in America as a whole. <laughs> like, I, the only negative I see here is why did you have to put it in the middle of this community? Yeah. <laughs> like, it's kind of, yeah, I agree with the people of the city. Like, it's kind of like, why are you just building this thing here? But where else would they do it? I know. Especially well, if they all live there because they're rich. Maybe out of, <laughs> I know they wanted it to be within walking of their houses, but it's still like, I guess that's the best answer. But then maybe if these people just join Sufism, yeah. everyone can be happy. It'll be convenient for everyone. It's funny, though, because a lot of the, the members of that town, like a lot of them did take to the Sufis and actually tried to learn what they learned, even if they didn't want to join. Mm-hmm. But a lot of them just kind of throughout Muslim rhetoric, like, oh, you're Muslims. Mm. Oh, you want to bring Muslim. Oh, you're infiltrating our American ways. And it's like, stop. (laughs) Just stop. Stop So that's why it's interesting to see the way religion can play into our beliefs and how just having a lot of money (laughs) was kind of how they got this thing built. Mm -hmm. Also, the fact there is kind of some drama that went down. (gasps) Spill the tea. I will. Um, When... They were voting on new HOA members. Oh. <laughs> a bunch of people from Sufism showed up, and they actually voted four people into the HOA. <laughs> Good job. And then so a lot of people got mad, so the town made their new HOA, and then they would kind of go door to door and, like, fight about who's, like, the real Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I really just like HOAs. Like yeah, when I yeah. think about owning a place, I'm like, maybe I could do a condo, and then I'm like, oh, I don't want to pay an HOA. Terrible. They're terrible. I don't want it. I don't agree with any choices you make. You like boring colors, yeah, and you don't like joy well, expressed upon individual houses. <laughs> it's also interesting to me how like this is kind of indicative of where we are today, where there is a vote. Like whether you like the way the vote went or not, it was a vote. But these people were like, we don't like your vote, so we're making a new system. <laughs> That's not how this works. That's not how That's it not works. That's not how any of this works. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, and they showed, like, they were members of the community. They wouldn't have been able to vote if they weren't members of the community. And right. so, like, what are you going to do? <laughs> yeah. It's very 2020, but in 2008. Yeah. Very. Um, in 2012, the the kind of legal battle was um, settled. The sanctuary was unanimous, unanimously, I love words today, unanimously, unanimously voted yes. And big reason for that was the Religious Land Use and Institutionalized Persons Act from, I think, 2000, which basically says that religions can be built within these kind of... Um, Areas. Areas, like neighborhoods, zoning areas. They're not, like, held to zoning laws. So the building is there. Whether I think it's attractive or not, I don't think it's a bad thing. (laughs) (laughs) And I find it very interesting. Like, I watched... A 30-minute talk on the architecture of the place yeah. and a little bit of a, um, like, tour of it. Did you guys see that? We saw some of the tour. We watched kind of a shorter one, but it got boring. Yeah. Like, I mean, they definitely went on and on about some of the aspects, but it was really interesting to see because, well, like, most of the complex is underground. Mm. So you're only even seeing a portion of what it is on top because a bunch of it is underground and on top of it, uh, they have this beautiful garden that they had to put a lot of effort into how they would have this garden not collapse in <laughs> like <laughs> on it. And they were just, they went through a lot of research. And one of my favorite things is they were like, look at our beautiful flooring here. Isn't our flooring beautiful? It was really important to us that we had flooring that was completely solid all the way through without any joining lines. But there wasn't really a way to do this flooring. But this was what we really wanted was a flooring that was (laughs) solid all the way through. And one day, one of our members in New York was reading the Architectural Digest magazine, and there was an article about the new Victoria's Secret shop (laughs) in Union Square or somewhere like that. And 
we saw the flooring. They talked about the flooring, and it was this poured epoxy flooring. And so we did that, and look how beautiful the flooring <laughs> is. So their flooring was uh, inspired by a Victoria's Secret. Wow. <laughs> and I needed you to know Something that. to be proud of. Um, but it's all very white yeah. inside with gold accents, and they keep the gold kind of really simple and not a ton, but they do have, like, huge features, like, on the inside, they have their big crest mm-hmm. that's there. And this crest is uh, Meher Baba's, and it has elements in it, like, of all the different um, spiritual leaders that he says were gone before and kind of made the last spiritual age. So there's, like, the symbol for Jesus, there's the sim- symbol for Buddha, there's the symbol for um, Muhammad, and then there was one other that's fleeing my brain. <laughs> um, but, uh, so that symbol's there, and they have this, like, big staircase with a huge sculpture up the center that's like a poured kind of gold plated one where it's like hollow on the inside and it has lighting design around it and lights like shine up from the bottom of it so that the heart radiates light out and I'm like you guys I want to go I want to go to this place I want to admire everything and And there's a cheesecake factory inside well I feel like a lot of the cheesecake factories have those domes yeah and so this place has a dome it has the big dome and they actually a lot of what they do they sit in the round when they're in their gatherings and they do a lot of kind of classes and talks and they also like show these on videos but when you're in the rounds like how are you going to show a talk that everyone can see so they went to a planetarium and learned about Mm. the domes and how they project things up onto it to create like a 360 experience so when they're doing their things that's how they project everything up is into this dome to and they i guess they have a lot of movies that they've made about mayor baba like and you can't really just go find these anywhere they've but they've used all their money to make these high production films to like teach about his teachings and they show them there. Um, and anyone is welcome to come and take part in the classes and to learn. But in order to be part of Sufism reoriented, um, the big like line in the sand is that you have to accept Meher Baba as the avatar mm. um, and that he is God. And like, that's the thing. As long as you accept that, come on in. Yeah, and the only other kind of weird thing is what we talked about with, like, the spirit kind of moving from one leader to the next, and apparently we're on our sixth leader right now, who we mentioned earlier, Dr. Carol Whalen connor so apparently the next leader after her being the seventh leader is a very big deal. Oh. Yeah, but um, I did want to talk on Dr. Carol because I found her so funny. She looks very classic in her photos. Yeah. Like, she's, like, from the 60s. We found a video on her, and first off, she looks like she's had some work done. (laughs) But she's sitting there talking about all the good works they've done for the homeless and how, like, you know, people need to share the wealth to make a better, like, life and how you need to give up materialistic items. And it was very, like, wow, you are saying a lot of good things as you're wearing a pearl necklace and pearl (laughs) earrings. Yeah. (laughs) So I just thought that it was very much to me, like... People of that time, of that era, was were very like showy with their items, but it didn't necessarily fit in with what she was saying. Yeah. So it makes me wonder, like, is this kind of like a proof kind of religion mm-hmm. type of thing? You know, we're saying we're doing a lot of, and we are doing a lot of good things, but like, do we actually believe in what we're doing? <laughs> true. True. Like a little bit of disconnect. Yeah. Like they still take care of themselves. Very well before yeah. they take care of others. <laughs> and I mean, it does. Beg- <laughs> Which makes sense. Take yeah. care of yourself. It does beg others. the question, like, at what point do you even give up what you have in for your belief? Because we also see a lot of, like, priests or preachers driving nice cars. And they also do have a very involved job. So they should have nice things. But how does that look to your belief if you're yeah. showing flashy items? Yeah. Definitely. Ooh. And another thing about the building, 700 years. We kind of threw oh, yeah. it out there. But um, it was built by architects. They, like, went to architects and they said, hey, we know we're in California where there are earthquakes constantly. We need oh. this building 
to last for 700 years because Bamba told them to build a building that would last until he came again in 700 years. <laughs> we have a little while to wait, you yeah, guys. Yeah, a little while. <laughs> a little while. Uh, unfortunately, we were but twinkles in our mother's eyes when he was here last. <laughs> um, and so that's a big feature of it. It's supposed to be super retrofitted to be able to like withstand any earthquake that happens, even the big one. Um, and that it will survive and still be here in 700 years' time. I'm sure wow. the architects are like, yeah, 700 yeah, years. Yeah. 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 We'll totally survive. Yeah, we'll sign something. Uh, yeah, we'll be that around that around yeah. the time. <laughs> and he wants all these lovely little old people to be like, oh, great. Yeah. <laughs> we like this flooring. It was in the Victoria's Secret building. <laughs> so um, Alan and I found, uh, uh, I think it's Twitter. No, Reddit. Reddit? Reddit. Yeah, oh, Reddit, the Reddit uh, thing about the person who says that. Yeah, okay. From a punning linguist. Oh, <laughs> How funny. So he says, I mean, I can't verify this, so that's why I'm mm-hmm. saying he says, but he says he was part of this group. He got raised in this group. So he answers questions that people write in. So it's funny because somebody says, like, is this a cult, in your opinion? He says, pretty much the worst thing is we all wore white. <laughs> <laughs> but he also says there were more subtle things like um, the houses. He says the houses would be... Um, mostly decorated in white with lots of mirrors with fake gold trim, uh, white silk roses. He says if you're ever in the area and you're at somebody's house with those things, very good chance they're Sufis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And he said he definitely didn't see it as a predatory group the mm-hmm. way that Scientology or Heaven's Gate is was. Um, but he does think it has some cult aspects. Also, the fact one example he said of how it could be kind of culty was that the fact that the Murshid, the guru, mm-hmm. um, is basically considered to be infallible. So Meher Baba, infallible, everything he said was absolutely true. There's no questioning that because he's God. Um, so he's like, there was that aspect of it. He said, unfortunately, there are no crazy sex stories. I love that one. He <laughs> went, I, no, he actually said, I wish. <laughs> if only that I would still totally be a Sufi. <laughs> he said the worst thing about it is pretty much related to like any other group of people. He says here something more so about religion, but I'm just going to say any group of people, you're going to get like, you know, some extramarital sleeping around or you're going to have people like messing around who maybe shouldn't be or just people who are more sexual than others. So he said it was nothing out of the norm. Mm -hmm. And one thing that was interesting there is he said that there was one child abuse case um, at an elementary school that was uh, kind of funded by the Sufi. Um, But to their credit, he thinks that they took it, their response was really good uh, because they basically disowned the school and divested themselves of financially funding it. They didn't like legally represent the person that was accused. Um, the guy pled guilty and went to prison and they did not try to like protect him or shield him. Cause a lot of times when you see that happen yeah. in cult situations, like they gather around their own and really kind of protect them. Um, so that is a positive. That's good. They do not stand for that. Yeah. I think the worst thing he says is that they're ridiculously nice people. Yeah. That's pretty terrible. <laughs> How awful. How awful. Why are you being so nice to me? <laughs> Why are you making me cry? Because you don't have people to take the help. Yeah, that, that is a good thing to mention. Apparently because they're not going out and trying to get new members, proselytizing, and because a lot of their kids aren't really interested because – We've read a study where a lot of people of this generation aren't as interested in religion. They're more interested in, like, spirituality or finding, like, their own answers without being connected to a larger group. So this group of Sufis is unfortunately dying out as these people who are part of it are dying out. Yeah. Yeah. And what's kind of funny is, like, I do almost see this, like, I was saying to Sean, this is almost to the point of what I believe. It's like they're very close to it, um, but it still has the element of Meher Baba, like the idea of him as like the latest God. Mm-hmm. Um, like what I think is a really good belief and that I kind of have is that all these previous incarnations were kind of this God's consciousness. They were teaching really good 
lessons and all these religions are connected like these people are believing the same thing yeah without really realizing it and instead creating taking all these other extra rules and weird things created by man to separate them when the ultimate belief is in this higher power and to me this is like almost there it's yeah. almost there because he's like pointing out that they're all the same but then he's like oh but i'm the latest one yeah. <laughs> and really for me i yeah. feel like it's all the same we're all there and a lot of the beliefs that they have are great they really accent that like loving others and all those things and they're so close to just like they just in my opinion what i would love if that for me to really like get into them would be that like they just need to break themselves of the idea of like that sky daddy who's the one ruling over it all and see more of just like the connected nature of us all, how we all have God's consciousness in us and we're all connected. I don't know. That's my thing. <laughs> no, that makes sense. Yeah. Cause that is kind of like we just read from punning linguists. <laughs> That's like the one thing that he called out for why it's culty is they believe in this man as a God and that he's transcending into person after person, which. Eh. <laughs> well, and I mean, with these, yeah, person after person, his next one wouldn't be for 700 years. And the people that are currently leading the church are just people who get messages. So they're mm. not like on the same level. Uh, so it's not like he's like saying, hey, here's a a new avatar yeah. <laughs> every couple of years. <laughs> so shall we talk about our Cabos? Yeah. Yeah. Charismatic leader. I mean, people, like, have you seen the beautiful images of him? Yeah. His flowing (laughs) hair and butterflies everywhere. I'll tell you one thing. Dr. Carol, the current leader, is not (laughs) charismatic. She was was reading off notes. She was very boring. But she was was somehow chosen (laughs) by God. So what are you going to do? I have to say, mad props to Mehar Baba for amassing this large following without speaking a single word so he's got to be charismatic to do that just point into things like a ouija board (laughs) all right alan how about alienation i don't think so i mean they they literally built their temple in a community (laughs) and said hey everyone come by and check it out yeah they want people to learn yeah a belief system yeah 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 there are some beliefs. <laughs> there are some beliefs. <laughs> Never said that before. Never. How about, um, it, oh. I find it interesting, like, um, that it is still, like, Muslim was the most recent kind of affiliation, and now it's, like, welcomed in all these other ones. So, I don't know. Like, it, they've adopted everyone's beliefs. <laughs> yeah, that's like. um, kind of, I guess, where the reoriented comes from, mm-hmm. because yep. it takes the ideas of Sufism, but kind of strips away the specifically Muslim. Yeah, yeah, it takes away the Muslim and Allah aspects, which is why a lot of Sufis don't count it as Sufism, but they're just open to any god, basically, as long as you believe that Mehar Baba is, like, the one, <laughs> yeah. the sky daddy, <laughs> if you will. You want the latest sky daddy. You can believe in your Jesus and this latest sky daddy. Yeah. How about a sense of communita? Oh, yeah. 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 They come together under their giant planetary dome to learn things. <laughs> so all in all, like, I don't think this is very culty. Like, like we said, the worst is their belief in Baba as God. And then they all wear white. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And they're super nice. Super, super nice. <laughs> How dare they? Yeah. For me, this definitely comes across more as a religion um, yeah. than specifically a cult um like there's so much freedom to participate or not participate they're not trying to force anyone to be into it um and i i like i really like them if they could just get that extra little bit that that little (laughs) step into the next level of belief then i would be like yes you got it (laughs) what are your thoughts i mean i think it just depends on like the leader right yeah like i think if it could fall into the hands of the wrong person like it almost would uh willy wonka Willy Wonka, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, like you guys said, it's. I feel like it's more like a religion. Um, you know, they just kind of do what they believe because they're old and are retired. Yeah. <laughs> when are the young people coming? <laughs> Where are the young people? I love her so much. <laughs> well, and my main thing is, as long as they're not taking trying to take rights away from others which is my main Mm -hmm. issue with religion like just love and let everybody else love so that's why 
I don't think that bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm a fan. I'm a fan. Well, before we talk about next week, Rachel, where can the people find you? You can find me on A Real Bodice Ripper, a podcast about romance novels and how ridiculous and wonderful they are. What about you, Miss yeah. Allen? Well, you can find my cheesecakes on Yeah, No, you can find us on Marvelous Galaxy at Disney, where we talk about everything Disney every week. Yeah. Yeah. And you can find me on Solving for X, where Kevin and I talk about the OG X-Men cartoon, sometimes even with Rachel there. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Once. <laughs> Once. <laughs> and, uh, I'll come back for the Dark Phoenix saga. <laughs> oh. And you can find me on Words of the Witches, where we're talking the charmed comic books, where we get quite a laugh at some of the artwork. Remind you, remind me to show you the bebe. Oh, the bebe. <laughs> the bebe. <laughs> you won't forget about the baby. <laughs> <laughs> Never. Um, and next week is actually our last episode for this season. Um, this has been kind of a crazy season. We talked Teal Swan, Soka Gakai, which was one that um, one of our listeners wrote in about, which I forgot to mention on that podcast. But thank oh. you for writing in on that one. We did Church of the Last Testament. We talked Mount Shasta and all the beliefs surrounding it. That one was really fun. That one was fun. Colony of Dignity. Fuck you, Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> if we hadn't done that, we would have never had the, Chris, or the, the Santa Claus Santa story. Claus story. <laughs> so our lives are better because of it. <laughs> um, we interviewed uh, Helen on her time in Zendik Farms. Uh, because of my sister, who hates my podcast and won't listen to them, <laughs> we looked into Hugh Hefner. Uh, we talked about Order of the Solar Temple, which was another dark one, but fun. Uh, Sufism. And next episode, we are talking about John from Cargo Cult, which this one fascinated me because it's spoken about very little in the Our Father documentary on Netflix. But basically, a doctor was injecting his sperm into patients to impregnate them with his babies against their knowledge. So it was really sad because some of these parents, like one dad found out that it's not his daughter. Well, yeah, because he was specifically a doctor of fertility, yeah, right? Fertility so like, doctor. people are coming to him in order to have uh, babies. But then, so like a lot of times with the artificial insemination, sometimes they do it outside the body. Sometimes they do turkey baster yeah. up into the person but he was replacing the father's sperm with his own yeah or he would say it's an anonymous donor i'll be right back and then he'd masturbate and he'd use his own and uh the reason i bring that up if you've seen our father if you haven't is he was apparently part of this cult john from cargo cult who believed that the more kids you have the more planets you get in death I need so many planets, but I accidentally tore out my tubes. What am I going to do? Oh, no. So I was very fascinated by this. That's why I kept it for the last episode of the season, because I want to know more about this cult that they don't mention much in Our Father. All right. So we'll be back with that one. We'll also have an announcement for you next episode to close out the season. Woo. Woo. Alright, thank you for listening and we'll see you next two weeks. Bye. Bye. Bye.